Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for, for being here with us. Um, but I do want to continue with the sermon series that I started called Assemble. And uh, we've been preaching from the Avengers movies. Um, so I've, I've had to do some homework and, and actually watch them. Um, so uh, they're, they're, they're like 40 hours long. So I wish they, they'd shorten it a little bit, you know, so we could get to the point. Um, <laughs> I don't need any amens there. This is fine. Uh, long sermons are good. Long movies, that's another thing. Um, but they have like several points. It's like some of my sermons. There's like 10 points, you know. And it's like, how many planets are we going to be on? How many people could die if we don't do something? I mean, how many epic moments exactly can you jam pack into two and a half hours? Well, uh, Infinity Wars uh, really tried to jam every possible. It's like they took all the Star Wars movies and Rambo and just, you know, Rocky, all the Rockies, put them all in there together and two and a half hours of Infinity Wars. They're not kidding. They say infinity. There is no end to the war. It keeps going and going and going. And so uh, I started watching Infinity Wars Saturday morning. I haven't finished it yet, um, but... But I, I got the general gist of it in the first five minutes. So I'm ready to preach from it because it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. It kind of repeats itself. They go to different planets, do the same thing at different planets. And it's just a little variation, different names, different faces. Um, but it's all right. I got this. Um, we're preaching from these Avengers movies. One, because these are stories that you all know. Um, usually I spend a lot of time opening the Bible and explaining stories to you that you've either never heard heard before or you've barely heard before and I have to spend a lot of time just ex explaining the story. This, most of you have already seen the story. How many of you have seen Infinity Wars? Just raise your hand if you've seen Infinity. Look at that, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. Now, all the rest of you, I'll try to explain it a little bit. Um, you missed two and a half hours of a lot of fighting, a lot of people dying, um, a lot of, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's sort of like... Um, I don't know, battle, battle and saw, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know if you saw the Saw movies, some of you people are carnal that you watch that, but it's like you got to make all of these awful decisions, you know, I mean, you know, there's constantly like, well, if you don't tell me this, then I'll kill so-and-so and so, I don't know, if you, there's a lot of different ways that people are tortured and messed up, and so I don't, I, I, I was just like, okay, well, okay, um, so if you want to go see it, you know, check it out, um, the storyline is really what's interesting to me, it's the background, it's the, it's the way in which Marvel combined, really, all of the movies, tied them all in together in this one general strand of thought. And the general strand of thought has been throughout all of the movies. So I do love that. I love the way in which it sort of pulled everything connected 
connected everything together, and then killed half of everybody uh, in the movie. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, where you get to see some details from the other movies that you may have missed or you may have overlooked. It's, the, it's, 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 it's sort of the, the culmination of all of that. And so watching it explained a lot of things to me and helped me understand a lot of things from the Avengers. Um, really, the storyline, if you haven't seen it, there's this, there's this bad guy named Thanos. And Thanos, uh, Thanos in the Greek actually means immortal. And uh, that's kind of what he presents himself as. He's this, this sort of god-like figure. He's trying to be, anyway. And um, he's out to collect all of um, the stones, all the, little, all the little gems. There's six of them, um, six infinity stones. I got, got the right title. And so six infinity stones, they're all different colors. And he's got to collect them all. Somehow he started out with one. And I'm sure there's a backstory to that. But he kind of had an unfair advantage. He started with one, cheated a little bit. And then he started collecting all of the other ones. And as he gained these stones, he gained more power because each one was in charge of different elements of power. And so as he gained more power, his, his goal, of course, as all bad guys' goal, is to, you know, rule the universe. Which is why it took two and a half hours because typically if you're trying to steal like, you know, the Mona Lisa or something, you know, you don't need that long to develop a plot on, on, on that kind of story. But, you know, like Ocean's Eleven, it's like, well, we're trying to break in. It's a smash and grab job, right? It's a little more complicated than that. But anyway, that's a quote. That's a quote from Ocean's Eleven. Anyway, or is that Ocean's Twelve? Is that Ocean's Twelve? It's 11, okay. Uh, those were, you know, little, it's, it's not quite as big as, as that. This is a little more epic. Thanos is trying to rule all the nine realms, whatever that is, and, and all of the galaxies, like everything. I mean, it's the whole kit and caboodle. He's trying to take over. And in order to do that, he's got to have these six stones in his massive glove. And so he has this big work glove. It's really good for welding. And then he's got all these stones. And so uh, I, got, I got a picture of Thanos, just, just so you can see the, the kind of enemy that we're talking about. That's him. He's like the epic, the most epic bad guy of all time. Um, low key last week was kind of, he was just kind of a troublemaker, really, and just wanted, he was lusting for power. Um, uh, the first guy that we talked about um, from, from, from Civil War, he was really... Uh, hunted by haunted by revenge he wanted revenge for the the, the 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 thing that but this guy this guy just wants to rule the world and he's got the big um, work glove to do it and um, and that's where all of the stones they, they they lodge into his glove and and his goal is to create what he calls balance in the universe and so today um, my, my my biblical title for the sermon is I'm going to talk to you about Thanos theology we're going to preach on Thanos theology. Now, because this is a newer movie, actually, they don't have a lot of little clips on YouTube yet. Um, so I really couldn't rip that many off. I had to, I had, I'm just going to have to explain a lot of things. And so uh, for those of you that didn't see the movie, Than the whole movie is about Thanos collecting those different gems. All right. The different people have the gems. Some of them are hidden. One of them is guarded by this like dead red guy. And um, uh, this, this, and, uh, and then Dr. Strange has one of them. 
them. Uh, one, one of the Avengers has, has one of them as well. Uh, it's lodged in, into his forehead. His name's Vision. And, and uh, the stone is actually a part of his, his brain. And so if you take it out, he, he dies. And so, so much of the movie is the Avengers running around trying to stop Thanos from getting the stones. And, 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 and when they are trying to do that, they're, they're met with sort of the same question over and over and over again. And, and it has a lot to do with Thanos' thinking. Thanos' theology, which, which comes across in like the opening scene of the movie when, when, when he attacks Loki's low um, spaceship and, um, and, and, is, and is killing everybody. He, he, talks, about, he talks about how, how he is there. Uh, he says, he says you, you may call it sacrifice, but I call it salvation. You may call it sacrifice, but I call it salvation. Salvation from what? Well, salvation from what he sees as overpopulation. Uh, his job he sees in the universe is to go eliminate like 50% of the universe. And that's his goal. And, and, and in his goal, he's not doing it for power necessarily. He's not doing it for fame or money or anything like that. He's doing it because he believes that he needs to bring balance to the universe. And so there's one clip actually a little bit further in the movie that, that rewinds and it shows um, this green girl named Gamora. And uh, the green girl is remembering when she was captured slash adopted by, um, by, by Thanos. And it's when Thanos invades um, her little world of a bunch of green people and, and, and his army like divides everybody up and, and basically in 50-50 and then, and then they kill everybody on this side. And that's kind of what Thanos does. He goes to different worlds and just tries to bring um, what he calls balance. And so there is a little clip uh, that, I would like, that I would like for us to, to show um, just real quick about that, about that moment whenever Thanos meets Gamora and adopts her. should be. Too much to one side or the other. Concentrate. And that is, that's how Gamora is adopted or captured by Thanos. I, I thought that that was such a, such an interesting uh, revelation on Thanos's thinking. He sees these awful things that he does as uh, a means to an end. He's not, uh, I mean, he is evil, but he's not just after the evil. He's after the balance. You know, he's balancing the blade. Um, and so he encourages her to look away from from the nasty, the shooting, the, the killing of innocent people so that she can focus on the blade because that's what he does his entire existence. He's focusing on that balance, whatever it cost him. 
And you see later on in the movie, it cost him Gamora. He ends up killing Gamora because in order to get the soul stone, right, he has to kill the one that the one that he loves. And I guess for him, there's only one in his whole world. And so he kills her. Uh, and and it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of that thing of being willing. He, he said, you call it sacrifice, I call it salvation. It's being willing to do whatever it takes to keep that balance, to keep that blade in balance. And, and, the, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's, it's interesting how there's so many sort of biblical parallels to this very epic movie. It's dealing with the kind of sin that is not, not not quite as evident, I suppose, as bitterness, right? The first character in Civil War, he was bitter and angry. And we talk about that in church a lot. Don't be bitter, don't be angry. And that's true. It's good to learn how to forgive. Um, last time we talked about, you know, greed and lust for power and how, how community helps kill some of that inside of us, right? It helps, helps defeat some of that. Um, but but this, this, this particular enemy, this particular bad guy, he's not driven by those things. He has all of those things within him, but he's really getting more down to the roots of all sin, which is this belief or this desire to be, to be the hand that balances the blade, to be the one who, who, who decides what is balance and what is not. To be the one who, who figures that out. See, it's, 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 really, it's, it's really, it's a small difference because in a way, the Avengers are often trying to bring balance as well. They're bringing the good to the evil and you could say, oh, they're trying to balance things out as well, which is why there's the whole hashtag Thanos did nothing wrong, right? Because a lot of people are like, no, Thanos is fine, you know? And, and uh, I, think it was, I think it was Reddit after the movie came out, like they, they canceled half of all of the subscriptions for a day because they're, they're doing the Thanos thing. And I was trying to think, man, like, like how could we do that here on Sunday morning? Like this half, they don't get worship guides. This half does. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I wish we had more control of the lights turn. You guys be in the dark or maybe you all because you're quieter. So you guys are in the dark. You can go ahead and go to sleep. But I don't know. Like, you know, but, but that, like, like a lot of people sort of sort of understand that that Thanos, he's trying to he's trying to do what he thinks is right. And the issue is not that he's trying to do what he thinks is right. The issue is that he's put himself in the place of God. He's put himself in the place of deciding what is balanced and what is not balanced. He goes to each world, he goes to each galaxy, he goes to each planet, and, and he decides how much population should be here. And he this, He's so focused on the balancing that he is the one deciding what is balance and what is not balance. And this reminds me so much of Genesis chapter two, uh, the very first story that we come across in scripture. God sets up the fall of mankind. We have the scripture here, uh, Genesis chapter two in verse eight and nine, the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground, the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Um, the tree of life was there. Also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The, 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 the destiny of humanity hung between those two trees. Adam and Eve did not eat of the tree of life. Instead, they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
Why is the, it's, 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 it's kind of like Thanos in that this is not incredibly obvious that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is off, awful. It's not like that doesn't seem so bad. It's not the tree of murder or the tree of adultery or the tree of greed or the tree of lust. It's not, no, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, that's not, I mean, couldn't you pick worse things? The tree of, you know, killing multiple planets or something, the tree of Thanos. Couldn't you have named it something a little more evil or sinister sounding? But no, according to God's economy, there are basically two, there are two paths in life. There is the tree of life. There is the path of life. There is the, the path of life which leads to life, which is in itself life. And then there is a tree of knowledge. It's interesting. Knowledge ought to be good. And goodness, for a 21st century American, knowledge is really good. Knowledge is power. We need more knowledge. We need to educate ourselves. And yet, according to Scripture, you have two paths. You have a path of life and you have a path of knowing what is good and evil. And in fact, when the snake tempts, tempts Eve, he says, he says, if you eat of this tree, you will become like God, judging between good and evil. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you want to know what is good and evil so that you can decide what is good and evil. And this is Thanos' theology. He wants to be the hand that balances the blade. He wants to bring balance. But what's so, what's so bad about that? I mean, aren't we all trying to do that in our lives? Isn't, isn't that our natural state? In fact, when things go wrong, usually what we say is, my life is spinning out of control. Meaning, previously, it was in control. I was, I was balancing the blade. <laughs> I was balancing it real good. And then, ah oh man, then I got fired. Then, then my wife came down with cancer. Then I was balancing it really good. Then, then that happened. Then, then this person said this about me. I was, everything was going really good. And then, and then I got a, a divorce. Everything was going really good. And then my kids decided to go crazy. I, I, was, I was balancing the blade so well. I was handling it so I was focused. I was able to focus and keep that thing in balance. And then suddenly something threw it off balance. And when things go bad in our lives, we, we equate that with losing control. Because what we, we, what we believe is good is having control, which is Thanos' theology. So welcome to, to the theology of Thanos. You think you're Captain America, you're more like Thanos than you, we are more like Thanos than we realize. We are born with this thinking because it's been passed down to us from Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve felt the same way. They could have eaten from the tree of life, but instead they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They said, they said let's see, I can have life in God, I can have eternal life, or I can have control. And so often we choose control over life because we believe that if we can be the hand that balances the blade, then, then we can be the one to decide what the balance is. And this is what we do in all of our life. Much of life without God is an attempt to bring balance. It's an attempt to get our finances up to a certain level. It's an attempt to get our relationships up to a certain level of happiness. It's, a, it's an attempt to get our housing up to a certain level of, of, of niceness, right? And size, and we want a certain particular size of restroom. And, and it, it's always a sense of balance. We're trying to outweigh the bad stuff that has happened 
to us by bringing in good stuff into our lives. And we believe that if we can get enough good stuff, that, the, that it'll, it'll equate with the bad stuff. Because there's been a lot of mistreatment. There's been a lot of unfair things that have happened to us. There's been a lot of hits. We've taken a lot of hits along the way. And so if we can bring some good things into our life, it'll help, it'll help tilt the scale in our favor. It'll help bring balance. And so we choose control over life. But what, but what God told Adam and Eve is still true for us today. Going on down uh, in this same chapter, God, God plants this garden and then he sticks his, 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 his man in it. He sticks Adam in it. And, he, and the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden in order to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. And this is why, because in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now this is, this is interesting to me that God gives him a command. He says, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't attempt to balance the blade on your own hand. And the reason is because you will surely die. I think in many ways, I think really we ought to start redefining sin a little bit. Sin is anything against the known will of God. But, but, but the why behind why you don't sin. See, like, growing up in church, you know, really, I wouldn't have said that. I would have said, because in the day that you eat of it, you'll disobey God. Or in the day that you eat of it, God will become angry with you. Or in the day that you eat of it, God will judge you. Or in the day that you eat of it, God will kick you out of the garden. Or in the day that you eat of it, you'll feel bad. Or in the day that you, all of the things, but God says, no, the day that you, the reason why I don't want you to eat of it is because you will die. Really, we need to redefine sin uh, not as something that is merely wrong. It's not just merely wrong. It is wrong, but it's not merely wrong. You know, like uh, as, a, as a parent, we often tell our kids not to do things that we feel are wrong. So don't be rude to people, right? Have nice manners. But whenever we do that, you know, really what we're saying is go against your natural tendency, right? And do something nice. Do something right. And so whenever we say that sin is wrong, we, we are basically saying that sin is our natural tendency, and then God wants us to do something different. Sin is what brings enjoyment, but God wants us to do something different. Sin is what is fun, but God wants us to do something different. Sin is what is exciting and sexy, but God wants us to be boring and drab. Sin is, sin is, sin is like, wow, wow, and, 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 but God wants us to be, uh, meh, meh. you know, God wants to be meh, sin is woo, it's, uh, you know, but that's how we see it. Right? It's, it's wrong. And whatever's wrong, it's a little bit alluring. It's a little bit like, wow, you're like, I can't have that, so I kind of want that. And sin is, sin is that thing that to us is pulling us. It's like this, it's like this, this treat, right? It's like, it's like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is full of chocolate. And God says, don't eat chocolate because you'll get fat, you know? Don't eat chocolate because your teeth will fall out. Don't, you know, it's, it, to us, sin is this beautiful thing that God's keeping from us because he, he doesn't like it. And yet, God doesn't say that. He says, in the day that you'll eat of it, you'll die. He's not trying to get you to not eat chocolate. He's trying to get you to not eat poison. It's poison. You say, well, I eat it and I don't feel like I'm dying. <laughs> I feel like I'm living. I'm still breathing. And they were still breathing. 
It's, it, but, it's, but it's poison, and it's not the kind of poison that kills you instantly. It's the kind of poison that kills you slowly. It's the kind of, it's the kind of cancer that is growing inside of you that is undetectable by scanners and dye that you can put in your body. It's the kind of poison that you can't, that you can't, you don't necessarily tell. You can't tell it's there. And Thanos has chosen this thing for control and that desire for control is eating him alive. It is destroying him. But it's not the kind of poison that kills you instantly. It's the kind of poison that consumes you and possesses you. So that you end up, and this is amazing to me, that when they began, when, when Eve ate from the tree, thanks ladies, when Eve, just thought I'd throw that out there, just thought I'd throw that out there. We're in Austin, you gotta tell the truth and shame the devil. So I just thought I'd throw it out there. When, when Eve ate, <laughs> when Eve ate from the tree, The first thing she did was share it with Adam. And Adam ate from the tree. And the first thing they did was started blaming each other. <laughs> it's to my point, for all you that were offended that I called out the ladies, we like to, we like to start blaming, instantly the poison set into their system. Instantly, they saw each other not as glorious, but as naked. And the evidence of the poison was not in their own life, but in the way that they viewed the person that was standing across from them. And one of the reasons why the church has such a hard time assembling is because we still have this poison. We still see each other as naked, not as glorious. They saw each other that they were naked and they were ashamed of what they saw. They saw the nakedness in the person in front of them and they ran and hid, not just from God, but from each other. Because that's what the poison does. It changes the way you see others. Rarely affects the way you. Thanos thinks he's doing what is right, but he sees others as needing to die in order to create balance changes the way you see others and it changed the way adam and eve saw each other and it instantly brought division it instantly brought chaos in their home so that their kids ended up literally killing each other so that the, their oldest turned against their youngest out of jealousy and kill why because because this poison was in them and the poison was being transferred onto their kids it's the kind of and so and so this is why this is why when you come to god you know and you set aside the ways of sin you set aside these things it's always remarkable to me that somehow we feel like i've given up so much for god you know and i'm like what have you given up you gave up poison you gave up that thing which was killing you. You walked away from death. Any idiot would do that. That's what I was sharing with, with, with a couple guys this week. I haven't done anything that, no, that any idiot would do. I was six years old and I found the tree of life. And I said, this is really good. 
And the world offered me all kinds of other things, but they didn't offer me anything close to the feeling of a clear conscience and a clean life and living and enjoying and breathing and seeing other people the way God. Nobody offered me anything that was even close to that. They all offered me like, you know, medicine. If you're, if you're, if you have the poison of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, here's, here's, here's something to smoke or here's something to shoot up to make you feel a little less awful as this poison kills you. And I thought, well, I don't have that poison. I don't want that. Why would I? I don't need that. Why do? Why would? Why would I want that? Because the tree of life is so good that once you find it, I mean, once you really find it. And I say really find it because unfortunately, the church seems to have pretended to have a corner on the market of the tree of life. And people come into the church and the church says, we got the tree of life here. Just come up and pray this prayer and then join this group and then say these words and then dress like this and then listen to this music and watch these movies. The movies are not, you know, okay, but not nearly as okay as these other movies. And, and this music is okay, but it all sounds kind of the same. And so, you know, you just listen to this sacrifice for the Lord. You got to give and you got to give money and you got to give your time and you got to give and you got to sacrifice because sacrifice is salvation, I think. Thanos said that. And so we, 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 but in a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it is sacrifice, it is salvation. That's how you balance the blade is you focus on that balance and you do the right things and you do all the right things. And if you don't do the right things at any given point, the balance tilts and then you fall off and then, and then you, you're left with nothing. And so you're constantly fighting for your reputation, not for your character, because the reputation is the balance that people think of me. And so I have to, I have to keep this this thing up and sometimes you walk into church and you don't get introduced to the tree of life you get introduced to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and it's just a better version of the knowledge of good and evil that you had it's more knowledge of good and it's like, here's some good stuff for you to do. Here's some good stuff for you to think about. Here's some good things for you to say. Don't say this. Say that. Don't think that. Think this. And really, we're just swapping out. We're just, we're just swapping out the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, putting a Christian tag on it, but giving people more hoops to jump through and more goals to achieve. Like, if you stick around and if you do enough stuff for the pastor, then eventually, if you wash his car enough, eventually you'll be the lead usher, you know? And won't that be amazing? You'll get a little badge. We'll get you up there and you'll be like, you'll be in charge of something, you know, you'll get your domain or like, you know, you'll, you'll be the guy who does this or the lady who does that. And, and people will think of you and look up to you. And then you'll get to tell other people the way to this great life that you have found. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's so, so close to reality. So close, because it is true that sacrifice brings salvation. But the truth is that that sacrifice has already been made by Jesus Christ. His sacrifice brings salvation. His alone. Only his sacrifice. Your sacrifice does nothing. You've given up poison. You haven't sacrificed for him. You've sacrificed for yourself. You have helped yourself. Any idiot would have done the same if they just would have had the, the understanding that you have. But his sacrifice, when he laid down his life once and for all, it was a sacrifice for all of us. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. We can't make it any more effective. We can't make it any more powerful. Nothing we can do, say, believe, teach, walk in, walk away from, can at all enhance the sacrifice that he made. Yes, yes. 
been having a lot of funerals lately, and one of the funerals we went to recently was a, a Catholic funeral. I've been to several Catholic funerals. And I, and I actually, I'm one of those weird Protestant pastors that enjoys Catholic funerals. Because, because I see the history in it. You know, I, I, I have a bit of reverence for, for the history. Like you walk into a Catholic church and there's a big stone table up there. Most people don't know what that's about. But I know where that comes from. And it's really quite powerful. There's a lot of powerful symbolism at play. Uh, the smoke, right? It makes your clothes smell a little funky. But, but the smoke has some Old Testament symbolism in it that's really I, I, very meaningful to me. It's not uh, as meaningful as it is to the priest. They believe it's an actual thing. I believe it's a, a symbol of a thing. It reminds me of stuff I read about. And so that's, you know... <laughs> The Lord inhabits the haze of his people. That's, that's <laughs> biblical. That's, that's, that's biblical. But you know, you, you sit there and they, uh, they, the crossing of the chest, there's so many different things that is historically so interesting and significant to me. And as we sat there, you know, the communion, they take such reverence with communion. And I love that. I love that they take such time and, and reverence where they keep, the, they keep the nasty bread in this little box up there, you know, that assumedly is safe from mice, I believe. And, you know, it's all closed up, you know, and then the, the, the wine, it's just one cup, you know, and there's a lot of symbolism involved. In fact, I might do a sermon series on just the symbolism of, of, of when you walk into a Catholic church, the holy water and things like that, which I believe they've taken too far. <laughs> but there's a lot of symbolism there. And as I, as I sat there and as they were talking about communion, I, I, I knew I couldn't take their communion because I'm Protestant, I'm not allowed. Uh, and, and really, I didn't want to because, because one of the things that they said before taking the communion was they said, this is for the salvation of so-and-so's soul. And I thought, huh? But, but, that is, but that is what they believe. They believe in something called transubstantiation. That's a $5 word. That basically means that the substance of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is translated or transferred to the, the bread, uh, the wafer, and the wine. That after the priest prays for it, that it literally becomes the body and the, the blood of Jesus. You're actually drinking blood, like for real. They believe that it transubstantiates, that it translates to the, to the, the thing. Which I thought, wow, that's, I've always thought, that, well, that's kind of weird. Like, because am I nibbling on Jesus' toe or is this his finger? I mean, what exactly <laughs> am I chewing here? This is weird. And blood, I mean, what does that do to you when it goes into you? Like, is this okay? Is this going to make me sick? I mean, it's just strange. And this is, by the way, this is a major difference between the Protestant and the Catholic Church. Uh, 500 years ago, Protestants were being burned at the stake by the Roman Catholic Church because they said that, no, 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 this, this body and this blood, this is just a symbolism of the body and blood of Jesus. This is not the actual thing. And so the, so the Roman Catholics burned them alive. It's a big deal. It's kind of a, kind of a big point of difference between the, the Catholics and and what we would call the Christians or the Protestants. It's, it's a big deal. And I've, and I've often thought, oh, well, they, they're, they're just mistaken, right? They give this, this bread and this wine too much value. And it's true, they obviously do. But, but what's interesting is when he said that this is for the salvation of so-and-so's soul, I said, well, wait, 
wait a minute, I thought, I thought the blood that was poured out from Jesus' body was for the salvation of our souls. I thought my faith was supposed to be in that. And this is what really bothered me is that it's not just that they make wine and bread out to be more than wine and bread. It's that they make body and blood out to be less than body and blood. Because when they transubstantiate the substance, when they transfer the substance, they transfer the value. And now, seriously, if you don't eat this from the hand of a priest, there is no heaven for you. You don't get into heaven without the sacrament, without the sacrament. This is, this is essential. It's like baptism for them. It's very important for them. And so, and so now, now the, the, the power is not in the tree of life through the blood of Jesus. It's in the tree of the knowledge of good. And can I eat the right thing from the hand of the right guy? Can I drink the right thing in the right cup? Can I cross my chest in the right way? Can I jump through this hoop in the right way? And, 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 and what happens is this, this awful weight that Thanos is walking around with. Thanos is walking around with the weight of the burden of having to balance the entire galaxy. And you may not feel the burden to balance the entire galaxy, but I'll guarantee you if you're, if you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're feeling the burden to balance something. Yes. Come on now, you're feeling the burden to balance something. There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this war inside of you. There's, there's regret on one side and fear on the other. There's addiction over here. There's mistakes and then there's, there's this, this, this God, this, this blood of Jesus, this grace, this power over here. And sometimes it seems like we were talking about this the other day. Sometimes it seems like a lot of stuff gets piled up over here. A lot of things happen. A lot of uh, sad things are happening in this world. I was talking to my barber and he's like, man, this world's getting crazy. And I said, it's a good time to know where you stand with God. And he said, oh, well, that's interesting because the last guy I talked to, when I told him that, he said it's a good time to live in Buda, Texas because nothing bad's going to happen in Buda, Texas. <laughs> and I said, you do know, like six months ago, they were checking my mail because there were explosives in a lot of people's boxes. Like they were opening my boxes and writing on it, electronics, writing on it, this or that, because they were afraid of explosives because people were dying. You know, tripwires were in sidewalks six months ago. I mean, I don't know that Butte is quite so safe. I don't feel that it's incredibly, it's not it's in the corner of the world. This, anything can happen anywhere. There's this balance of fear. And sometimes, man, we start thinking about that and we get heavy. And that side gets really heavy. And the, and the truth of the matter is that the scales that I'm talking about on either side, the scale itself is it's the, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the holder for, for the weight. Fear and regret is what holds the weight of your attention and your thoughts. The blood of Jesus and hope is what holds the weight of the attention of your thoughts. And so you have the power to tip the scales. Captain America has the power. There's a, there's a scene where Captain is, is sitting there talking to the group and they say, man, we need to kill Vision to destroy the stone so that Thanos doesn't get it. It's Thanos theology. We, it doesn't matter what happens. We just need to, we need to balance this thing. We need to figure this thing out. We got to have a plan. And Captain says, we don't, we don't trade lives. 
That's his famous quote. We don't trade lives. They end up trading half of the galaxy, but, you know, we don't trade. But not intentionally, though. We're not going to do what is wrong to try to get what is right. And I think that's such a picture of the church, that little meeting. Because we all come with these temptations. It's like, man, if I just said this, I could manipulate that. If I just did this, I could really work this. If we all have those temptations in our life. But it is within the context of the church. It's within community that somebody pipes up and says, actually, we're not going to be like Thanos. There is a, a balancer of the galaxy, and it's not me. There is somebody who holds the blade, and it's not me. There is somebody who knows. And that's the thing with all of these stones. I don't have time to get into it, but all of these stones all stand for stuff that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil offers to us. The space stone is the ability to control uh, or to defend the space that you occupy, to manipulate the space that you occupy. That's, and that's, 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 that's really what the knowledge of good and evil is trying to do. It's trying to predict the outcomes. It's trying to figure out how to protect my family and my space, my, my little spot in Buda, Texas. The space stone is trying to get control of a particular space. The mind stone is really, really, I mean, it's about, it's about uh, wisdom. Now, of course, they use it to obliterate things, but, but it's really, it's about, it's about the mind. It's knowledge, the tree of the knowledge. If I can just figure out why why so-and-so died, if I can figure out why that happened to me, if I can just figure out why this is the, the way that it is, then I will have power over it. Then I will be able to decide what is right and wrong. We always want control, but the truth is God says that he is omniscient. He's all powerful. He's all, he's all, he's all powerful omniscient as far as the space stone. He's, he's a defender. He is the defender of our heart, but the mind stone, God's all knowing. He knows every why. And so to have knowledge is nice, but to have trust is life. The reality stone, the ability to shift and shape and define reality. And this is what sin does. It, it changes the reality of a thing. It says it's really not that bad, or it's really just kind of for this. or It doesn't really let you in on the eternity of impact that is happening right now. And when we allow God to define reality, we read his word and we see reality and we have to believe his reality because sometimes it doesn't look the same as our reality. The power stone, of course, God's omnipotent, so God's all powerful. God is the one who can, who can do what we cannot do. The time stone is the one that can go back in time and redo the stuff that you wish you would have redone. It's the regret stone. It's the, the bitterness stone. Scripture says that God holds our seasons. Our times and our seasons are in his hand. And then the soul stone. It's the ability to dictate the direction of your own soul. To control your own destiny. And yet, when Jesus uh, told a parable, he said that the spirit of a man goes back to the one who, who, who gave it to him. That when you die, your soul, you realize, is not your own. And it must give an account. Even your soul must give an account for what it did with its body. Your inside life must stand before the one who created it and owns it. He is the one who owns our souls. And it's within this context that I think we got to come together because we have to encourage each other. We have to remind each other. We have to push each other forward toward the tree of life. I wish Adam would have stood up and said something. Because it was his place to say something. 
he was standing next to Eve and he was listening to the argument and he bought the same lie that she did. And if he, ah, man, if he could have, if he could have defended his bride the way that Christ has defended his, <laughs> what a different outcome it would have been. But what a different outcome we can have in our lives if we allow Jesus to be all of the stones for us. If we outweigh all of the evil that's happened to us with one simple act of trust, one simple act of faith, believing that, that God's blood, God's sacrifice equates and deals with it all. He deals with my past. He deals with my future. He deals with my inability to control my circumstances. He deals, he deals with my inability. I'm not smart enough. I can't figure things out. My mind isn't wise enough. He is wisdom. And we submit to him. Would you pray with me for just a moment? I want to give you an opportunity to, to submit to him, to give your life to him, to invite him in, into your heart on this journey. Not to give you any of the soul stones. Not to give you any power. <laughs> Sacrifice is not salvation. Submission is salvation. You don't need to sacrifice. You need to submit to God's reality, to his mind, to his timing, to his space, to his place, to his, his soul calling out to your soul. You have to submit to that. You have to come into agreement with that and say, God, I actually, I need you. I don't have the power to figure this out on my own. If you'd like to pray right now and just make that act of submission. If you would like to present yourself to God, submitting to him, would you raise your hand and say, that's me. This Lord's speaking to me right now and I need to submit to him. I need to submit. That's awesome. Come on. This, this, is, this is what we, it's not working. You're not figuring it out. Your mind stone just isn't working right. You don't have the power. The enemy lied to you. He's not giving you control. He wants it. <laughs> the enemy wants the control over your mind. The enemy wants the control over, over your time and over your heart and over your space. But God is the one who holds the real power to all of these things. And so, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus that is our only source of faith, our only source of hope. There is no priest or pope or, 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 or prayer or beads or, or, or anything that we can do to add to what you have done. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and we accept, we accept his love. We accept his place in our hearts. We stop trying to defend ourselves and we start allowing Jesus to defend us. We stop trying to make our way into salvation and we just simply walk over to the tree of life and receive the gift of eternal life that you have given to us. It is your power in us that changes us. It is your power inside of us that transforms us and renews us and makes us brand new again, Lord. So we, we need your power. We come to you in desperate need of your power. Forgive us for our sins, but more than forgiveness, God, we need a transformation in our heart. We need for you to do what we cannot do. And so we submit to you. We put it all on the altar. As the old hymn says, is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and have 
peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. <laughs> and so we place it all on the altar. 2 Corinthians 3.16, I don't have it on the screen, but the message paraphrase says, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil. Yes. Hmm. And there they are, face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We are free of it. All of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah was. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. When we turn and face the sun, <laughs> we receive everything you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.